0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's word and get more out of the word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is numbers 11 through 13. How does an army of warriors numbering over 600 thousand strong fail in its conquest how do they fail before they even get started that's what we're going to start seeing in our reading today and as we think through this book of numbers which i've suggested we rename warriors we we see this list at the beginning You, you read the census Putting the number just over 600,000, there will be another uh, census at the end of the book, and the number that matters is two. Because out of the people numbered in the first census to the second census, two of them will be the same. The book of numbers really is telling us how an army of warriors fails, and how this whole army, a whole generation, is going to die out, and a new generation take its place. Why does that happen? It all comes to this pivotal and critical event that will start today and get to tomorrow. And it really comes down to a lack of faith. This uh, hundreds of thousands of warrior strong army fails because they lacked faith in God. And so they will turn away from his path to the promised land, and they will pay the price for it. We're going to get to that in chapter 13. First, let's deal with chapters 11 and 12. Uh, You're heading in the ESV, if it's like mine says, the people complain. That should be somewhat of a daunting beginning as we dig into chapter 11. The people complain in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled. One theme I want us to see today that you'll see the the beginnings of here, but you'll really see culminate in chapters 13 and 14 is we tend and we see the Israelites do this. And guess what? I've lived enough life. I've seen enough life. I know this is what I'm tempted to do. I know this is what you're tempted to do. We are tempted to minimize God's promises and his character and his goodness and to maximize our problems. That is a recipe for spiritual disaster. When we minimize God and his character and his promises, but we maximize our problems, that is a road to all kinds of trouble in the Christian life. And you see these people, I mean, even they're complaining about their misfortunes. Did they not get miraculously rescued out of Egypt, and are they not miraculously fed every day? Yes, have there been some hard things that have happened? Of course, you see, but they're maximizing their problems and they're minimizing the incredible things that God has done for them, and they they're, they complain, and, and there's an immediate consequence. But then there's people that have this strong craving and look how they dramatically state their problem. They're like, oh, that we had meat to eat. Uh, we, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. And this is the first time I've heard somebody complaining about missing cucumbers in my life. But here they are complaining about this food. And I guarantee you, They are probably doing some revisionist history here. They're forgetting about all the problems that they had in Egypt, and they're exaggerating, most likely, how good they had it. Right? We are so prone to the grass is greener syndrome. The grass is greener on the other side of the fence. The grass will be greener next year, or the grass was greener last year, and that's what they're doing. Oh, we had it so good in Egypt. No, they didn't. They didn't have it so good in Egypt. They're minimizing what God has done for them. They are maximizing their problems. And then it describes manna here. And Moses even, uh, he, uh, he is displeased and the, the Lord is displeased. But Moses even seems to cast some blame to God. He says, why have you dealt ill with your servant? God, what are you doing to me? He says, and he goes so far. In verse 15 to say, if you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I might not see my wretchedness. I don't think this is the best response from Moses. But God even is gracious to Moses. He appoints these 70 elders to come and to help Moses. And then God says he is going to give them meat. And Moses, I don't think, again, this is one of his better moves. He says, God, how are you going to do that? How are you going to give 600,000 people uh, food for a whole month? And look at what God says to him in verse 23. Is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. Moses even there starting to minimize God's power. Wait, are you shortening my arm? Right? Are you shortening my hand, God says? No, I am still powerful. And so then God does what he says here. He brings the quail in, but also with it, he, he does bring a plague. And there's even a tone of, oh, you want meat? I'll give you meat. I'll give you more than you have asked for. And even as they're eating it, right, it doesn't give them what they want. Complaining just does not set us up for satisfaction, when we're complaining about something, I bet if you get whatever it is you're complaining about, you probably won't be satisfied with it. It's what we see here for the Israelites. That's that's what's too often true of us. We complain about something, and because now we're just in a bad spirit, even when we get what we want, we're not then grateful and thankful for it. We're just embittered, and we will go on to suffer for it. So we see that in chapter eleven, and we'll see those similar themes bearing fruit in chapters thirteen and fourteen. Then in chapter twelve, we see Miriam and Aaron opposing Moses. Now this is Moses's sister, Moses's brother. There seems to be some frustration about Moses's wife. Uh, perhaps this is just another way to refer to Zipporah. Perhaps this is a new second wife for whatever reason. But they are upset, and they're basically saying, "Has God only spoken through Moses?" And this. This isn't the last time we'll see the leadership of Moses challenged, and frankly, it's not the last time we'll see leadership challenged throughout the Bible, whether that's David or the Apostle Paul. Uh, God puts people in positions of leadership, and one thing we tend to do in our uh, sinful flesh is to uh, defy or to challenge our leaders uh, for not a good reason and in not a good way. And I think that's what we see happening here, and it's something I think we all need to check ourselves against. We 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 need to be somewhat skeptical of ourselves when we have a problem with authorities in our life. Now, are there authorities in our life who will do something wrong? And are there, at some point, authorities in our life that we may need to even confront w- with some of that? Yes, that, that is a possibility. But we need to realize, most of us, we are by nature anti-authoritarian. We are against authority. So many times we will go against authorities God has put in our lives for not good reasons and not in the right way. And God God gets Moses' back in a very, very clear way here. Even his sister goes leprous. And even though God has mercy and seemingly reverses that, she's still going to have to be unclean for a while as God sticks up for his man Moses. But then we get to the critical passage, chapter 13. And kind of the the punchline of this story is going to come in our next day's reading in chapter 14. But the beginning sets the stage. They send out these 12 spies, which once we harmonize it with Deuteronomy, there's a possibility that this was even an accommodation from God to even send the spies Uh, where when you look at Deuteronomy, it kind of gives most of the idea maybe God approved. There's a possibility that even the the, the people were like, well, we want to spy this out just to check it out instead of going straight in. And so you have these 12 spies, one from each tribe. They go up. Uh, The the language tells that they go through the whole land. They're gone 40 days and 40 nights. It's a considerable amount of Time and they come back and basically they bring a bad report. It says that oh, there were good things uh, there, but that the people are strong. I don't know if we can uh, if we can do this. And it eventually says in verse thirty two. So they these ten bad spies they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land. Caleb, on the other hand, he uh, is giving a different perspective on things. He's saying, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the other men are saying, we can't do it. They are stronger. And then uh, I think we see some exaggeration for them. Uh, A land that devours its inhabitants. Guess what? No, it doesn't. The land of Israel is not devouring its inhabitants. Uh-huh. And and then it says that they saw these people, they saw the Nephilim. Well, that's a flashback to Genesis 6. And I think likely this is another exaggeration because then it's followed by another exaggeration saying, and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, All right? They are minimizing God and his promises and his character, and they are maximizing their problems. And we want to somewhat reverse that. I I don't want to say minimize your problems because I I don't want to act like the problems or the challenges that the Israelites faced or that you might face are not real. No, there there are real and difficult things in this world um, that that we will face. And I don't want us just to minimize those, but we do want to avoid maximizing them. We, We want to avoid making them a bigger deal than they are. And what we really want to do is we want to maximize God. Again, think about what Caleb said, let us go up at once and occupy it for we shall be able to overcome it. And what we'll see in the next chapter, that wasn't just him being cocky. That wasn't just bravado. That was faith in the promises of God. think even of the words that we read back in chapter 11, where God challenges Moses, is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you will see whether my word will come true for you or not. So more on this critical, central story to the book of Warriors tomorrow. Uh, But today we, we start to see this problem of minimizing God, maximizing our problems. And I hope today that you will do the opposite. I hope that you will not maximize your problems, but instead you will maximize God and you will maximize his promises.